welcome to another episode of the Do Good Podcast with myself, Bob Watson. And in this episode, I'm going solo on this one, guys. So it'll just be me chatting along for a while. So the title of this podcast is Carve Time Out for the Things You Love. And something that I, I just feel like it's so important that we're able to do. And like I want to, in this podcast, share how I've been able to carve more time out for the things I love. Like, for instance doing this podcast, I really get a lot of joy and excitement from doing this, from meeting new people and sharing this and and doing these things. Like I get a real buzz from it now. And I've had to um, find, yeah, to carve that time out to do this because on the whole, like I'm putting out a podcast every two weeks and I'm generally interviewing someone and I'm either going to them and it could be down in London or they could be coming over to see me. So I do like, you know, it takes probably up like a day a week of my time to sort of concentrate on this so I can research them and all them things. But I'm so grateful that I've able to give myself that time to spend on this podcast and to do other things as well that I've done like last year, whether it be joining a running club and getting out with them twice a week or going, starting to go like wild swimming and and other things, and me and my wife, we go dancing once a week, and I've joined an art class. So these kind of things, which is basically what I love to do, you know. and there's other things that I buzz off as well, whether it be you know, other forms of exercise or pleasure or whatever they may be is. And that's what I've been able to engineer for myself for the past three years, particularly because I just, I think the best way for me to maybe get a message across of what I wanna share is to talk about my own experience things that have happened to me in my life. And I think that's a great, in a way, it feels like it's maybe the only way for all of us in some ways to share because I don't wanna be telling, I, I love either sharing other people's experiences like what I've been doing with the people I've interviewing or sharing my experience because I think there's value in it. And I think there's value in us all opening up more and being more open and honest and talking about the things that I've helped us the things that have not helped us just so we can um people can relate i think people can relate to that a lot more so yeah i'm kind of like rambling a little bit here but that's cool so how have i been able to carve time out for things in my life well i've been able to do that because around about three years ago well it is three years ago to this time we made a significant change in the way that we worked before that viewpoint i I've got my own business and I've been running that now. This is now into our 13th year. But for nine or 10 years of that, it was very much based on the traditional model of just grow and get bigger, which was, you know, we started small and then we grew up to a team of, over that time to a team of 10, which isn't, you know, it's not massive for a company by any stretch of the imagination. But I kind of think for a design company, a creative company, it, it can that can actually be quite um quite big really for a creative company most around the world will be a small team very small team so and we would just follow that path of like okay well let's get bigger and we'll get go after bigger clients and we'll employ more staff and we'll get a bigger studio to work from and there's so many benefits in that as well but i never really up until about my early 30s i didn't really stop and think Is this making me happy? Is this the right path? Or am I just following a path that's already been set out for me? A template really, like a design template that's already been there, you know, go to school, go to uni, get a decent job, set up a company, buy a nice house, 
get a fancy car, all them things. And I kind of did all of that and followed that way of being until around my early 30s that I kind of thinking, hmm, but I'm not happy. I've accumulated all these things, all this stuff, but I'm not happy in my life. My health was really deteriorating. I was so stressed and overwhelmed and anxious. And it was just like, and I'm thinking, why is this happening? Why I have followed what we're told is the idea of success. And I was looking around thinking, I don't even want this stuff. I don't want to live like this. I felt trapped by the confines of of what was perceived to be successful. So I've gone on quite a, a journey myself for the past six or seven years, even longer really, to unpicking and and finding out what works for me and what what is it that I want? Because I wonder whether most of us even know what we want and if we're mostly being just driven along, swept along by the mainstream view of things. And I talked about this in my first podcast. Really what I'm aiming to do in here is empowering people to be their best selves and to realise that we've got so much potential in all of us and we can do what we want in our lives and we can do some good and we can we can we can live a really fulfilled life and that's what I am looking to do in my life and I haven't got it cracked I haven't I have not worked it all out yet and I'm not gonna you know I'm only 38 now I've got many years ahead of me where I'm gonna be still living and learning because that's what life's about living and learning but I do believe it comes to a certain point when we want to go we want to do something that feels more fulfilling, more rich in our lives. For me, the big thing that's helped me was what we did, what we changed past three years ago. So like I said, we were growing the company, we were making it bigger. We were following that template of getting more staff, getting more uh, working and all them things. And then it came to realization around about a year and a half before we made the change that it had to change. It had to be in a different way. And we looked at plenty of different options and and it fundamentally came down to us wanting to have more time, more space, more freedom, more more things in our lives so we could stop putting things to one side or to putting them on pause. Because how often have we always said, oh, I'll do that when I've done this or I'll look at this next year or I'll do this next week. When I think it's just an excuse and... We have to, if we want to make the changes in our lives, we have to look at them now and we have to reflect. So we were doing a lot of reflection in this year. And when I say we, it's because me and my wife work together. And that can bring up a lot of his own challenges, as you can imagine. And we've done it now for around about 10 years. So we're kind of used to it. But anyway, we made the choice that we no longer wanted to work with fixed team. We didn't want to have be in a fixed location, have permanent staff. We just didn't want them things. It felt like it was a chain to us. And also, each morning I was getting up and we were getting in the car and driving to work each day, which is a pretty standard practice for most people. Yet with the way things have changed over the past dozen or so years, the world is transforming and so many things are going online and you can work remotely pretty much anywhere you want depending on what industry you're in. Now, when I got into graphic design, when I was 
um, in my 20s, I had at that time no idea that I would be working on a laptop and could work anywhere. I just wanted to be a designer. I wanted to be creative. I wanted to express myself in some way. It's just happened that in a fortunate way, it's unfolded for me to be able to be in a position where as long as I've got an internet connection, I can work anywhere. So these are the kind of questions that we're asking ourselves and really coming upon to think, okay, how can we work differently? Now, we, it wasn't like we were working for someone else and we could just hand in our notice. We had to make the really challenging call to let all our staff go. And that, I've got to say, was one of the toughest things that I have ever done in my life. It was, it was really tough because we built up some really strong friendships. We were a small team. It was like a family in a way. So when you've been with the people for, for many years, to sit down to them and say, listen, this is how things are going to be and we're going to, there's not going to be a job for you in a few months' time because we need to go in this different direction was really, really tough. And something that was extremely challenging to go through a process, and particularly me and my wife doing it together, boy, did it bring us closer together, but it also caused a lot of challenges as well because everything, that's the thing, how, how it was happening for us, work was taken over completely. It was really... It felt like for me, it was sucking the life out of me. I'd achieved all the things that I'd set out to do when I was younger, and now I was kind of just doing it, keeping it going to keep appearances going. So I have this impression that I was running this successful company and we had this fancy studio and all these things, but I was just sick of putting on an act. I wanted to just break free from that, and that was the way for us to break free, was to say, okay, we're not going to have any staff anymore and we're going to move out of our studio. So three years ago, from the turn of when it's 2016, we made that huge shift and it was pretty much overnight. Um, and we came back home and we converted our loft instead. So instead of, and two big shifts, now this is when I talk about carving out time. The biggest thing that happened straight away was I was saving 30 hours a month in travel time. I didn't have to get in the car each morning and drive to and from work. So just by making that change, and it was a big change, but that's 30 hours back. That's almost like a week's worth of work that I have back to myself so I can choose to do what I want with that. That was huge for us. And we were, and also we were working from our loft space and previously we were spending a significant amount of cash on our rent for our studio. And that's dead money. It's not like it was a mortgage. It wasn't like we owned the building. That was each month we were spending out a lot of money going out there. And now, because we run it from our home in our loft, it's just, well, it's our home. You know, we've, that's, we already had that cost anyway built in. So then two things made a big difference. One, I'm saving 30 hours a month in time. But also, we don't need as much cash. To, we don't need to generate enough cash because we don't have rent to pay. So again, this was, this was us just being like clever in a way. And I think we can all start to do that. And whatever that might be, whether that just be like looking at your finances. And I think that's a big thing to look at your finances. What are you expending? What are you spending each month? What's going out? What cutbacks can you make? Can you find them things cheaper? There's so many good um, ways of changing, whether that be to go into a better bank account, a cheaper mortgage, changing your energy bills, all them things that you can do. You know, I get really excited about them things. And when I can, I can still get the same service or have the same product. 
yeah, it's not costing me the the same each month. You know, I think we changed our home insurance and it dropped by about 70%. Now that's great, that's money back for you. Now, there's two ways of looking at this. You can either take that money and you can um, spend it or whatever, or you can either save it or you can choose to work less. And that's the thing that we've chosen to do fundamentally is to work less. Now, I, on the whole, have enjoyed my job. You know, I get to work with some really good people and do some really good work for them. However, I was, I don't feel fully fulfilled by sat on a computer all day just designing for someone else. I want to create more for myself. I want to be able to spend more time outdoors. I don't want to be cooked up inside. I want to be out in nature, in the garden, all them kind of things that I, that I things that I love. So for the past three years, it's been about carving time out for the things that we love, that we want to do in our lives. I believe we can all do this in some way. Uh, I think we just have to be honest with ourselves and think, okay, are we really enjoying what we're doing now? Is there a better way we can do it? Someone that's really inspired me. So I'm just going to tell you about a few people that have really helped me along, along the way. That is Tim Ferriss, and particularly with his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which is full of loads of tips and tools and techniques of how you can become more productive with your time. Rather than us all being busy and running around like headless chickens and just swept up in it all, which instead it's kind of how you can be more smart. So rather than working hard, you start to work smart. And that's something that I particularly adopted from this book. A little bit of background on Tim himself. He was running his own company. I think it was some sort of supplements company. He was working 80 hours a week because he'd have suppliers and customers all over the world. And he was totally swept up in it. It was taking up his entire life and he just wasn't in enjoying it. I think he used a, a story in the book about how he went on a holiday in Paris with his family and he was basically in internet cafes all the time because he had to be working, which kind of defeats the object of holiday and kind of defeats the object for me, having your own business and feeling, you want to be able to feel empowered, do the things that you want to be able to do and he, and he wasn't able to do that. So what he did is he started to research and look around and see what other people do and how other people were working smart instead. So he was able to reduce from working 80 hours a week down to just four hours a week by outsourcing a lot of the things and also using certain tools and techniques. Like for instance, with emails, rather than just being totally absorbed in them all day, every day, he put an autoresponder on, which said that he only checked emails at certain times of the day. Now that's something that I adopted and it made a big difference. So what I was doing is rather than coming into work in the morning, just drove in, spent an hour in the car or whatever, got into my desk and opened my laptop and just opened my emails. And then you can get totally sucked into that. And before you know it, an hour or two of your time has just been lost. So what I was doing is I would only check my emails at 12 o'clock, which gave me two or three hours to be focused on doing important tasks. And another thing that he helped me with that I applied, which really saved me some time and got me some focus was at the end of each day, what I do is I make a little list of the three things that I wanted to accomplish the day after. And I would focus on ticking off one of them things before I would open my emails up. Now, I didn't always stick to it, but on the whole, I did. And it gave me a structure for how I could work. And I was finding that I was getting through work faster rather than feeling like by the end of each day, I was just had loads of tasks still to do. 
I'd achieved some of them important tasks straight from the off. So that felt really good to be able to do that. And whether you work in an office environment or not, but there's loads of things that we can just be conscious of about what are we spending our time and are we focused on. And I think a big thing for all of us, myself included, is the time that we spend on our smartphones. Now we can do great things with our phones for sure, but I think a lot of us get sucked in and spend far too much time just lost lost time really we just feel sucked in social media reading articles or whatever and we can feel irritable after it well i would do anyway because i'd be like i could be doing stuff with this time because each moment each day you know it's precious for us and i want to do what i can i want to get the most i can out of this life and make it the best one i possibly can so taking a step back and looking at things and going well, what could I be doing? Is there a better use of my time? And this book, The 4-Hour Workweek, had a significant impact on the changes we were able to make. It definitely planted some seeds, you know, the 18 months or so before we made the big shift about how can we work smarter, not harder. And that's something that has really stayed with me since. Someone else that was inspiring me around that time as well was a guy called Mr. Money Moustache. A few people might have heard him. He's become really popular over the past few years. I first heard about him about four or five years ago. Basically, from the ages of 20 to 30, what he did is he worked his absolute arse off and saved about 60% of his wage each year during them 10 years. So when he got to 30, he was able to retire. Now, just think about that. Retire at 30? Isn't that just like, it's incredible very few people can even conceive of that most people think well i've got to work till i'm 65 and then i can have a pension pot but often by the time you've got to 65 you've given all your best years away and you're tired and it's kind of like living for the future thinking oh okay i'll be able to do this but who knows what your health's going to be like then all the things that you're going to give away in that your time you know your time and energy which is so precious and valuable and then over so this guy retires at 30 and that's him and his family him and his wife they built up enough cash to then invest that um, now he does live a very frugal life i think they've able to he's over in america i think he's in colorado for him and his family at the time it was about twenty-five thousand dollars a year to cover all their expenses so they made you no know, he wasn't making millions a year to to retire he was making about a hundred thousand dollars a year i think something like that and they were able to sell, save about fifty or sixty thousand dollars each year. Now that's a lot of cash, but after ten and after ten years with interest, you're looking up close to like a million dollars. And he's able to work out how much does he need based on how many years they think they're likely to live for, and what interest they'll, they'll receive off that. So he now, now he isn't just like sat up with his feet up. He is out there working, doing plenty of other things, but he's doing it for the joy of it. He's not doing it because he is he needs to do it and i think that's the big thing is most of us do a lot of jobs that we don't love i've talked about it in a few podcasts i think it's something like 70 percent of people do not like the jobs and of that 70 percent, i think there's um, about a third of people that really despise the jobs and i feel a lot of us end up doing these jobs and these things because we do it out of a fear from fear not for the love of it fear that we have to pay our bills we have to do this and it, of course there's an element of all that however but i think it comes to a point where we just end up just going along with it and do that for years and years and years because that's what we think that's all the options are for us 
but I believe there's another way for us to go and um, and we can carve that out for ourselves and, and design our own lives. I think there is definitely a movement now and there's so many people that we can look up to and be inspired by. It's endless now with the internet. It's just, it's a phenomenal, do you know what? It's an amazing time to be alive. You know, look at, for instance, this, I'm doing this podcast and I'm able to share this stuff with you from my own home and just upload it onto the internet. Go back, what, 20 years, 15, 20 years. The only way you're doing anything like that is if you get a job in broadcasting and you can do this and you can do that. Now, we've all got it all at our fingertips and that's why I think it's an amazing time to be alive and we can all find our voice and find our place in all of this. You know, life can feel very chaotic and and like total chaos at times, can't it? Switch on the news. It doesn't seem like it's a great place. That's why I've touched on in my first episode about us switching off from the news and switching on to some of the good stuff because then we're going to feel inspired. And that's what I aim to do with this podcast is to inspire you through the people that I'm speaking to and potentially through what I'm talking about as well by sharing my experience of my life and the things that I've done that have helped me. I believe because they've helped me that they could also help other people. We're all our own case study and I think we can all speak our own version of that and just be honest and authentic and be our true selves. That feels like right to me. So anyway, Mr. Money Mustache. What a guy, what a legend. Now, as always, I will put show notes onto these and I'll add links to the people that I'm talking about and the things that I'm sharing so you can go delve into these people. Because that's what I loved about stuff in the past. I've either listened to a podcast or I've listened to something and then that sent me off on a tangent and I've been like super inspired, be like, ah, oh, just delve in that. I'll either read the book or listen to the, the podcast or watch the YouTube channels. Just get a huge download really of their information and see how it can help me in my life. So Mr. Money Moustache basically carved out 50 years of time for himself. That's what he was able to do. Now, isn't that amazing? Now, I'm not necessarily, my life now isn't really about building up a huge amount of cash. That isn't my aim right now. My aim right now is to carve time out for the things that I love. And I've been able to do that and more and more. And I intend to do it, keep going on it, keep refining it, because that's what it's about. I don't think we should just settle where we are Unless you're truly, truly happy and truly fulfilled with what you're doing and can truly content, then I know in my life there's still adjustments that I am looking to make, little tweaks here and there. And that's what it's about, it's about tweaks. Sometimes you can make a big change like what we did um, three years ago. We basically went from one way of working with staff and expensive studio to having no staff and no expensive studio, which freed up a significant amount of time. I, what I would say, there was a, a lot of adjustment in, in that. It wasn't like, oh, great, we've just made the change. Life's all hunky-dory. It was a very emotional process to go through. So there was a lot of processing that we had to do. We had to really um, adjust to, to this new way of working. And it was. I knew straight away, even though there was times and I was like, oh, this is tough, you know, for one, telling all the people that we had to let them go and moving out the studio that was huge because we then had to work with them for two months knowing that it after that after that point that we weren't going to be with them anymore and we had this studio which was full of stuff we'd 
had nine, 10 years worth of items in that space. And I'm like, I am not bringing all that home. There is no way that all that is coming with me. And that's another thing that I wanna talk about. I wanna talk about um, decluttering because I think it's an amazing tool to use to literally you create more space, you create more headspace, you create more physical space, everything feels better, you know, clear your space, clear your mind, I totally believe that. So rather than just bring all that stuff away, I aggressively was like, right, none of this is coming home with us, unless it's absolutely essential, like for instance, say, ah, you know, our laptops and some stationery and some um, few bits and bobs, but I'm telling you, 95% of the stuff got either sold or given away to charity. And for about six, that's what my aim was for like four or six weeks. Because if I would have just brought all that home, I'd just be like totally overwhelmed with everything that we've got. And I around that time, I was given a book, Marie Kondo, which is The Magic Art of Tidying. Hugely, hugely influential for me. I'd say there's probably been about four or five books that have truly, truly transformed my life. I'll talk about them in other podcasts. Um, but this was one, uh, the Marie Kondo book. Because in the past, I'd gone on like a decluttering sort of spree for a few years beforehand in my house and the things, my clothes and my books and, and everything. But the, the game changer of this one is because how I'd do it before, I'd end up looking around my room or wherever it was, and I'd be looking at the things that I didn't want. I wanted to get rid of them where she flips that and in fact you focus on the things that you want to keep the things that bring you joy so i applied that model to a lot of stuff and amazingly i let go of even more stuff and i was left you basically left with all the things that bring you joy what better way than to surround yourself in your life with the things that bring you joy rather than be looking around and thinking oh i need to get rid of that i need to get rid of this in fact you're looking around going that brings me joy isn't that a great way to be, you know, a great way to live and just a, a great mindset. It's a bit of a flipping of a switch from like a negative viewpoint of things to a more positive outlook. So we applied um, decluttering big time to, to make the shift and still do it now. I think, I think all of us can relate to at times of having too much stuff. And this then ties into someone, some other people that have really inspired me called The Minimalists which is Ryan and Joshua, who are over in America. And, you know, it's interesting. There's a real theme for me. Most of the people that have inspired me over the past half a dozen years have mainly come from over America way. On the whole, I really feel like they've been leading the way for us. So we can now follow suit in many ways, whether it be health and well-being, in terms of uh, careers and all them things. I believe um, it's really been coming up and it's coming over like a wave. So what I feel I'm doing now I've interpreted that work into my life and made the necessary changes and I'm seeing the results and I just want to be able to share that now and feel like that can add some value to some people that may be listening to this. So the Middlemiss, Ryan and Joshua, they were in corporate America making, you know, a decent salary, $100,000 maybe a year, but they were spending it all. They had massive apartments, the money was going out faster than it was coming in. And I think a lot of us can relate to that in our lives. It's just like a complete, things just snowball and get bigger and bigger. And we just get swept up in the way things are. But sometimes we just have to rip up the rule book and be like, no, it's time for a change. We can't live like this anymore. It's madness. And that's what was going on in my life. I was looking around thinking, oh, I've got all this stuff. I've accumulated all these things. Yeah, I'm not happy. I'm not actually being creative 
anymore. I'm not having fun or joy or getting pleasure out of the things that I'm doing. I'm doing them because I feel like I just have to or because of some other conditioning. So these people like the Milnes, Marie Kondo, uh, Mr. Money Moustache, these people were really having an impact on me. And they went through a massive decluttering process um, of letting go of the things that no longer bring you value. And that's the thing, keeping stuff that brings meaning to your life or adds value, that feels like, okay, how many of us have that stuff around or how many do we just get cluttered up with stuff? I heard a statistic that the average home has around 300,000 items. Like, just think about that for a second. 300,000 items. What are we doing? All this stuff, which isn't obviously making us happy, because if it was, we wouldn't need to keep on buying more stuff to give us more pleasure. And all it is, is we're getting an instant hit of buying something but it doesn't last because if it lasted we wouldn't keep on buying more stuff just for the sake of it now i think a lot of us are doing it definitely it's 100 emotional and we're looking to fill some sort of hole or some sort of gap or to give us that little bit of pleasure and come on who doesn't want some pleasure in our lives but how about instead of buying new stuff we create new stuff and that's something that I've been doing in my life um, the past 12 months, but in particularly, like I've started drawing and painting again. And that's something that I haven't done really um, for years, even though I'm like a designer, but I've very much been on a computer for about the past 15 years. When I was younger, I used to love to just draw and paint. Someone might listen to this, might say, well, it's okay for you because you can draw or you can paint, but actually we all can, you know, we can all be creative in whatever ways. So now I've started to like draw and paint more and just have a sketchbook near me. And whether like I'm watching a film or something, I might just sketch away or I've got a journal and I might just do something, a little doodle or something before I go to bed. And it's remembering and reminding me of when I was a kid. And actually when I see kids now and see how in the moment they are and how playful they are. Now, of course, it feels like we have to grow up and um, we have to be serious and get ourselves jobs and look at a career and a home and other things. And of course, you know, we can't all live the life like we did as, as a child because there's greater responsibility as we grow up. However, I feel like there's just a so much better way to do stuff than we've been doing it. And I believe, I'm seeing the results in my life now through working in a different way, working less. I'm earning less as well. I'll be straight, you know, I'm not earning the money that I was earning a few years ago. Yeah, I still have everything that I need and everything that I want in my life. Because one, I'm not spending as much. Um, I've got more of a greater value for what money is in the past. Like I would just like constantly be buying stuff. So now I really, really care about um and think about what money I've got. Like we used to go out, you know, we'd go out like eat maybe seven, eight times a month. And that might seem quite normal, but now, now we'll go out maybe a couple of times a month. Talking about carving out time for the things you love. One thing I've absolutely loved doing the past year particularly is being in the kitchen and making food. I get such a buzz out of creating something new and making it myself with my own hands. I came across someone that was talking about this and cooking is one of the, one of the few things that are our main five senses that we're aware of. They're the ones that they're all activated during that time through cooking. How many other things are there that you can say that engage all them senses in that way other than cooking? 
I love to be in the kitchen and what I do is now I'll either listen to a podcast and I'll be like making something new. So, and it's just, a, it feels like a really nice space to be in, a nice place to be in. And I would rather be doing that and making new food and experiment with recipes than actually going out a lot of the time and just eating crap food in a lot of places, particularly where we are. It's getting better. There's no doubt it's getting better, but there's very little organic options when you go out. Also, you pay when you work, when you start to like think about what your food really costs you at home, you start to realize what you're paying for food that generally isn't that great. Now, I still go out, still love to go out at times, but it's just being more conscious of it. And then when you do go out, it's more of a treat. Because if you do something all the time, it's not a treat, is it? It doesn't feel like a treat anymore if you do too much. So I, I know what, I don't even know if this has been bloody useful, this podcast and the things that I'm sharing, but I, I would like to believe that through me sharing the things that I've done to help carve the time out for my life and what I'm doing now. Okay, I'll give you some more information about me. I now work a lot less. Tend typically work around about 20 hours a week in my business. That's what we do. And it's not all plain sailing. It's not like, oh, just fix it down these 20 hours and the money just rolls in. We have still ups and downs. It's still one of the business. Sometimes we have uh, um, better months than others. And we had some slow months last year, we did. But what that enabled us to do was to spend the time, even more time on the things that we enjoyed. Like I was able to start my podcast last year because we had a bit of less work coming in. But generally, around about 20 hours a week enables us to still live a really good life. That feels really good to be able to, because it's not, you know, it's like Mr. Money Mustache. He doesn't just want to stop working and stop doing stuff. It's like he wants to use his time in a more fulfilling way, a more meaningful way. So we will work on with our clients' work for 20 hours a week on average. And then we've got over time what I consider like our passion project days, whether it be our, which is basically our Mondays and our Fridays. Sometimes it gets mixed up. Sometimes we're, we're on it with this, but other times it sort of bleeds through and stuff onto other days. So I'm able to spend a day on this podcast. And who knows how this podcast will unfold for me. At the moment, I'm not thinking, oh, it has to be generating income for me by an X amount of date. I don't know what will happen with it. At the moment, I'm just kind of learning my craft for it and having fun along the way and meeting really interesting people, which are really inspiring me. And I'm, I'm getting some really great feedback from people as well. And, and that, that feels really good, you know. Do you believe what I'm doing by sharing it? then other people can get a lot a lot out of it as well. And I think that's what it comes down. You've got to do the things, do it for yourself first. If you've got something to say, say it because you want to say it or do it because you want to do it. Don't do something just because you think there's other people will like it or you'll get some sort of recognition for it. Do it because you want to do it first. That feels good for me and that's the way I'm going on it and I'm not really gonna I don't want to cut many corners on it I'm not gonna say I'll just get them on because maybe they've got a big following or whatever I'll do it if it feels right if I believe are they doing some good in the world are they inspiring people in some way do I think people will get some value out of these things so so yeah I'm able to spend a day a week on my podcast that feels amazing and this is the thing that you don't like have to suddenly say right okay well I need to drop down a few days in the week there's this lovely term that people talk about, you know, get your basic, get your side hustle on. 
which is so you can able to, you know, if you're in a job that you don't particularly like doing, but you've got a passion for something else, whatever that might be, it might be you like to write poetry, you might like to do some crafty things and make cards or whatever that might be, whatever it is, a lot of people that I've hearing, like inspiring people, they'd still be doing the day job that they don't particularly enjoy, but when they come home, they'll spend a couple of hours on it. Or at the weekends, they'll put in half a day into it at the weekends or a full day at the weekends. I've been doing that as well over time with stuff. And, you know, I will happily come up up in my loft and spend some time at the weekend on this podcast because I get a real buzz out of it. And that's the thing. It's not really about fitting it into a certain framework of working, like a nine to five or anything like that. When you feel creative or when you feel like that, that desire in you, or excitement to do something, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. And I think that's one of the challenges that we all face is, is thinking we have to do something and fit it into a particular time. It doesn't feel like quite right for me. I want to be more flexible and more fluid with how I want to do stuff. Because let's be honest, sometimes you might sit down or get into work, or whatever, and you're not in any fit place to be working. You just, productivity levels, you're going to be on the floor for that day or whatever. You'd be much better if you were more flexible. And again, I see the world shifting in that way. Well, it already has, and it already is, and it has been for quite some time. So, and like I say, you know, this is um, this is a bit of a new approach for me now, and I may do some more of these. I think I probably will do some more of these where I'm just going to have a little chat for a while and share some of the things that are doing good in my life. And I believe by carving out time for the things that we love in our lives, that it will certainly do us more good. It'll make us feel more happy. It'll make us feel more fulfilled. We'll be better around other people in our lives because we're doing the things that we enjoy. You know, and here's something that stays with me a little bit. So we've all heard the term of FOMO, haven't we? You know, fear of missing out. And I think it's really important. This is another way, another tool for me to, to carve more time out for myself is to say no more. And I think it's really important that we build that confidence in us to just say no. Because you end up getting your calendar and your your diary, you know, your diary ends up just getting full to the absolute brim of all these different things that you want to do. And where is the time to do the things that you really want to do? Now, if you're enjoying filling your calendar with loads of social stuff, that's great. For me, it got to the point where I just get I was getting frustrated because I knew there was things that I wanted to be doing in my life things that inspired me that I was creative with that I wasn't doing just by say going out for food all the time or hanging out with friends and, and doing this stuff and no don't get me wrong them things are really crucial to do but how many times you know if we've done stuff and we've got there and actually we're certainly not missing out on anything because it's either it's a crap night out or it's this and you could have happily stayed at home or you could have done something else, the thing that you wanted to do. And I believe by saying no more to things we don't want to do, that frees us up to say yes to the things we do want to do. So here's a term, instead of FOMO, how about JOMO? So the joy of missing out. I heard that a while ago and that just like, a little light bulb went off of me and I really liked hearing that. The joy of missing out. Do you know sometimes when you maybe hear like something's been cancelled or whatever or you're not going to go to something, oh, it's like you've got that space back, that time back to do the things that you want to do. We've all got the same amount of time per day and each day when you wake up, you've got a fresh day ahead of you. Why don't we start using that time more wisely? So do the things that we really want to do in our lives. For me, 
like I said, this podcast is something that I really want to do. I've got other ideas for other things that I want to keep going with this. I want to develop some more products. I'm working on a kiddies project at the moment, product, which really excites me, which is really giving me meaning. In a way, that's my do-good project, which I'll share about at some point. So this feels like a good time to uh, wrap up this podcast. I've enjoyed this one, just sort of rambling on for half an hour or so. I hope you've enjoyed it as well and have taken something out of it of how you can potentially um, carve some time out for your life so you can do the things that you love. So anyway, until next time, have a good one. Mm -hmm.